The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast recap of, I don't even know what we just saw, Eric Henry. <laughs> uh, but somehow, someway, Texas leaves Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium with a 33-30 win over... Uh, number 23, Kansas State, and that's the bottom line, that the seventh-ranked Longhorns still have their their goals, their season goals in front of them, but good heavens, Texas was up 27-7 to in this game with four minutes left in the third quarter and ended up needing a fourth and goal stop from the four to win the game. And Eric, I, 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 you just have to commend uh, these Texas players for fighting the Texas defense for coming up with a, an answer on that uh, fourth and goal play. Uh, Byron Murphy said he was a little bit insulted that K-State went for it on, you know, fourth and goal from the four instead of kicking a field goal. They were in overtime and Texas had kicked a field goal, Bert Auburn. Um, had to kick a 42-yard field goal because the offense couldn't move the the ball. Um, and and so, you know, instead of Chris Kleiman kicking the field goal, extending the game to a second overtime where I felt like K-State's offense had the momentum, they had the veteran quarterback, but nonetheless, um, they go for the kill shot and Baron Sorrell and Byron Murphy get pressure on Will Howard. He ends up um, hitting the deck and ball game eric this was this was crazy um that it ended up this way because uh k-state had botched an extra point that would have put them up 28 27 in this game instead um 
you know, Texas is able to take a 30-27 lead. And then at that point, they only needed to kill a minute 45 because K-State missed a 27-yard field goal that would have tied the game 30-30. to Texas took the ball at its own 20 with a minute 45 left, couldn't kill the clock. K-State had all of its timeouts, used all of its timeouts, ended up getting a uh, a field goal to tie this game. Eric, your thoughts on the craziness of Texas's win. Seventh straight, by the way, over K-State in what was effectively an elimination game um, for a pathway to the Big 12 championship. All right, folks. So Chip gave his recap of the game. And you know what? I think my head is still spinning as well as I'm here in, you know, my home away from home, Chip, the, the visitors, uh, the visiting coaches box here at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium. So let's let, let's run through it, right? So Christian Jones, starting right tackle, doesn't play. We're still down Quinn Ewers, right? But Keaton Crawford, who is now kind of a de facto starter with starter Jalen Catalan, is out. Right. And a big presence on special teams, Keaton Crawford. A big presence on special teams. And I will come to that in a second. We got a blocked punt. We got an extra point where apparently the holder has one job. I don't want to bash the kid. Kansas State's holder has one job. He's looking towards us in the press box. The ball hits him in the helmet. It bounces off. We got a 27-yard field goal that's missed. We got fourth down stops. We got, you know – John Tay Cook, you know, a little bit, you know, got his feet tangled up underneath him and ends up being interception. We got all types of mayhem at the stadium here today. And yet, Chip, I do have to come back to this. And there's a lot to talk about, right? I just published a story on Horns 24-7 talking about the sequencing at the end of the first half where you had the wildcat, the, the missed execution there. The ball rubs off of DJ Baxter's hip, and we'll talk about that later on. But, you know, Sark and JT Sanders were like, yeah, we knew that play was going to work if it had just been executed. It ends up getting the block punt. And then, you know, Kansas State's able to come back and put some points on the board. After being unable to move the football. They had not gotten the ball past the 35-yard line up until that point. So all of that considered, right? But at the end of the day, what I do think has to be talked about, and like I said, I know I just published a piece that, you know, some folks may perceive or interpret as being Debbie Downer. I mean, listen, I think you can acknowledge those things while also conceding, Chip, when we talk to the players postgame and when we talk to Steve Sarkeesian during the week, they all say it was, Chip, it was the first thing they said to us at Big 12 Media Days. What's different about this team? It's the culture. It's the closeness. It's the tightness. After Houston, Jalen Ford said to us, you know, hey, two years ago, we wouldn't have won this game, right? I do think that is something that you can't measure in a stat sheet, right? Just finding a way to win. Those are things that I'm sure, Chip, you would attest to. There probably are more talented teams of yesteryear for Texas who found ways to lose those games, right? So that cannot be understated. As Sark said post-game, I will take an ugly win over, quote-unquote, pretty loss. I've never seen a pretty loss any day, right? I will take an ugly win. And the fact of the matter is they found a way that I'm looking at the the scores. Bug is still up, but it says Texas 33, Kansas State 30. End of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just hit on it. Ryan Sanborn, who's been money all year, 
has a punt blocked. Now, I don't think that was his fault. Sark said they had a breakdown in their protection, and he has a punt blocked. Um, I didn't like the fourth and two call from the K-State 12. I said, this is it, this is a championship game. You got to take the points. And you and I talked about this uh, last week that last against BYU, Sark felt like he probably could go for it uh, on fourth down in the red zone because he was up 21 to six. Now I get that Texas was moving the ball and Malik Murphy looked great early through deep balls to Adonai Mitchell, 30, 37 yards for a touchdown, 47 yards to set up a field goal. Um, I didn't like the, the Savion red zone call there. Um, I said, take the points, but um, they they fumbled the ball, as you mentioned, uh, with 339 left in the second quarter. And then the blocked punt gives K-State a short field because, as we said, they were not moving the football. They were outgained at halftime 307 yards to 106. And they never were able to run the ball against Texas. Uh, finished with, what, 29 carries for 33 yards. Um so kudos because this was a K-State offense that was averaging 226 yards rushing per game. And we talked about whoever wins the line of scrimmage, defensive line against K-State's veteran, senior-laden offensive line would win the game. It, it turned out that way, and it really did turn out that way because on the final play um, – I think K-State, well, I, I know K-State was trying to get it to their tight end, uh, Ben Sinnott, because I think he was open on an earlier play in that sequence in overtime, and and he was wide open. Howard just didn't see him. So I think they felt like, hey, we can go back to this play. It's there. Steve Sarkeesian calls timeout. Good use of the timeout because Ryan Watts ends up you know, sitting on that route and Howard looked like he didn't have plan B. And by then Sorrell and Murphy are closing in on him and Howard goes down ball game and kudos to the Texas defensive line, which just played crazy. Ethan Burke, uh, if you are a member at Horns 24 seven and you read the insider, you knew that Christian Jones had an issue in Tuesday's practice. You also knew that Ethan Burke was, you know, in line to play in this game today. Sark didn't really give an update on Ethan Burke, but we did. And Ethan Burke gets his team leading fourth and fifth sacks, including a strip sack at the K-State five that was initially ruled uh, Will Howard recovering the ball. Um, good for Steve Sarkeesian to call timeout and have it reviewed because Texas was awarded the ball that, uh, Jalen Ford had recovered the ball and they scored on a five yard touchdown run by Jonathan Brooks. And boy, was that a big sequence of plays for Texas in the end. But, you know, um, Eric, it, it just was one of those games where it, Malik Murphy, obviously, we thought K State would load up the box to try to stop the Texas running game and dare Malik Murphy to beat them with his arm early on. Malik Murphy did beat them with his arm. But as the game progressed, like if you go look quarter by quarter, Texas had 
both run and pass in the first half. In the third quarter, they had the running game, but the passing game was starting to fall apart. In the fourth quarter, Texas didn't really have either the running game or the passing game, and that's why I was so surprised that K-State didn't kick the field goal and and play another round of overtime because it seemed like Will Howard, he got his rhythm in the third quarter passing the football. They had a wonderful drive that went the length of the field but came up empty because their kicker hooked that 27-yarder. I mean – I, you know, I'm God bless Chris Kleiman. He's got his rationale, but I mean, Steve Sarkeesian owes Chris Kleiman one for that, but here, here's what everyone wants to know. They want to know if Quinn Ewers is going to be back for the TCU game. I'm told there's a small chance that they don't want to rush it. He is doing some light throwing and that's positive, but it's not, you know, trying to zip it. Um, against a really talented TCU defense. Um, there's a chance, but it's a small chance. The The more likely scenario is Quinn Ewers at Iowa State. Um, but Eric, I thought there was a minute there when Murphy threw it up for grabs. Uh, another terrible decision where you just got to eat that football. It was a screen. You can throw it at the heels of the running back. You could have done anything but do what he did. He threw it to Hayden Connor, the left guard, who was, you know, downfield uh, for the screen. And and that was hugely costly because um, – and then Jonathan Brooks, who hasn't fumbled all year, straining for extra yards, three K-State defenders, you know, finally yanked the ball out. And K-State scores on the next play on a 32-yard touchdown pass. The momentum was all K-State towards the end of that game. So kudos uh, to Texas, uh, the Texas defense answering answering the call. And at this point, Eric, you got three games left in the regular season. It is survive and advance. And Texas wins an important battle with one of the teams that they're in a they were in a five-way tie with atop the big 12 and they are leaving the big 12 with a seven game winning streak against K-State who knows when they'll play again if ever uh but wow I mean I walked out of DKR saying did all that really happen like it was one of those I don't believe what I just saw the reason why I think most people who were at this ball game or probably at home feel that way, Chip, is you talked about it. You know, this game appeared as if it was going to be at least 20 to nothing or if they convert that fourth down try, the Savion red zone wildcat play, and I'll get to that in a second, possibly even 23 or 24-0, right? I even said to you, I'm pretty sure I said to you, or it might have been to Jeff Howe, but for the purpose of the audience, bring you guys in. I said, hey, this could be that style points type of win, right? You know, this is the final opportunity that the Longhorns would have to have a quote-unquote impressive style points type of victory over uh, a really good opponent. Because you take a look at the rest of the schedule, TCU's obviously struggling. Same thing with Iowa State. and Same thing with Texas Tech, right? But that fourth down play, let's start there. So I did ask, Steve Sarkeesian postgame. I say, you know, Sark commonly talks about complimentary football, right? You know, how little things like end of halves or situational football, such as 
Ryan Sanborn usually flipping the field and he, he's able to put the opposition deep in their end zone, deep in their territory, and that maybe results in, uh, you know, a quick uh, stop for defense, right? Complimentary football. I asked him, I said, hey, you know, you preach that, you harp on that. How did you feel about the sequencing that you had the fourth down play them getting stopped? Then you have the punt blocked by Ryan Sanborn, or the, the Ryan Sanborn's punt was blocked. And then you have the situation there where BYU hits three throws. And again, at Chippy talked about it, they hadn't even been past their own 35-yard line. They end up in Texas territory, take some shots, and, and get seven points. And Sark revealed something about the fourth down throw, and I'll get into the punt block. He said, hey, you know, I, I don't regret that at all because if I'm not aggressive and continue to go from fourth down, we don't get that C.J. Baxter, you know, pitch that ends up being for a, a long touchdown. He was adamant about saying, hey, you know, the, when you roll the dice, and he said this to us before, that you don't get to Monday morning quarterback, and I've got about 10 seconds to make that decision. And he said today that, you know, listen, sometimes it's not necessarily what the book says, but for any of you who may wonder what the book says, the book would have said to go for it as well. I, I think it was, um, I can't remember which media member said, hey, I'd love to see that book. <laughs> you know, you might not have been in the press at that point in time, but after Sark said that, someone followed up and chimed in and said, hey, I'd love to see that book. So I have an idea of what it says there. But that ends up being the play where, again, I asked JT Sanders post game. He says, yeah, listen, we practiced that play all week. It worked and we got the look that we wanted. I know that if the play is executed to perfection uh, and it does not end up getting you know, off CJ Baxter, I'm getting a touchdown. So they all swore by that play call. Now let's take it to the block punt, Chip. Again, I don't know if you were in the press room at this point in time when Sark said this. I thought this was <laughs> revealing might be the wrong word, but just it, it caught my attention. It definitely made your ears perk up. He said that someone on the spec on the punt unit, and he wouldn't, of course, wouldn't reveal who, like any good coach would. He didn't say who. They heard a call who that call isn't in our system. So basically said, hey, you know, whatever that player heard, it's something that it's not in our system. It's not what we do. But that's what they heard on the call. Ended up getting the rush up the middle. Ryan Sanborn's punt is blocked. And, of course, what ensues, uh, you know, Kansas State's able to get that seven points. So all of those things play a factor in my mind and kind of the momentum switch, Chip, where I thought that Kansas State, you know, and, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. In the first half, well, sure, their identity is a team that sticks rank team in the nation, run the football. It looked almost as if they were just, you know, like they like their playbook was or their strategy was, what does Texas do really well defensively? And we're going to run directly into that because they ran you know, into the teeth of the Texas defense. And then, God bless them, they tried to go wide. And you got guys like Jalen Ford and Mo Blackwell and others eating that up. So it felt like almost in the, the first 20, 25 minutes of that game, their game plan, their scheme was, hey, whatever Texas does really well on defense, we're going to attack that. And that didn't work. But as a byproduct chip, they were forced because they were down to turn to the pass game. And I didn't take a look at Will Howard's final numbers. They ended up being 26 of 42. So obviously some of this gets skewed by the overtime, but 26 of 42, 327, four touchdowns, one interception. There was a point in time in the fourth quarter in which I think he was 23 of 32 for three something, right? So he ended up as a byproduct of them being down, you know, being able to really effectively move the ball against the Texas secondary. And that's really what part of that momentum switch that got Texas back in the ball game. But as you talked about, and as I talked about on our instant reaction with Tommy Yarish, this game was won because of the play at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football. The play 
of Texas' offensive line, not allowing Malika Murphy to be sacked. And then on the defensive line, big time, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, and others. So definitely a lot to chew on. You know, some of those things, I hopefully provided some background to what maybe Sark's thinking was. But at the end of the day, you know, this game didn't switch because of, you know, certain things on the field. At the end of the day, I think the players uh, won this game because of the culture, because of having that mentality they did not want to lose. And, again, you know, just went in the trenches, made the difference when it mattered. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Jonathan Brooks, what a gutsy uh, performance from him. C.J. Baxter obviously had the the uh, 54-yard touchdown run on fourth down, as you mentioned. Uh, I thought Jonathan Brooks was just grinding out run after run. He finished with 22 carries for 112 yards, had that five-yard touchdown run after the uh, strip sack by Ethan Burke. And, boy, it sure looks like Malik Murphy has a really nice connection with Adonai Mitchell because they were in sync from the beginning of this game. Mitchell finished with eight catches for 149 yards. He had the 37-yard touchdown catch. He had a 47-yard reception that set up um, a Burt Auburn field goal. And Burt Auburn, how about some love for Burt Auburn? Four for four. um, And, you know, he, we got to give him some credit because he hits the 42-yarder in overtime when Texas couldn't move it a lick. Um, and literally, I mean, you start, uh, you know, at the 25 and they kicked a field goal from the 25, uh, 42 yarder for, for Burt Auburn. He hit from 32 in the first quarter. He hit from 49 in the third quarter. He hit from 34 with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And he hits from 42. So since the concern, I guess, um, when he had missed uh, five field goals already um, through, I think it was six games. He didn't attempt a field goal last week against BYU, but um, he hasn't missed. And so kudos to Burt Auburn because Texas needed him in a big way in the second half of this football game, and he delivered with uh, that 49-yarder in the third quarter, the 34-yarder with six minutes left in regulation, and then the 42-yarder in overtime. So kudos to Burt Auburn. He finally kicked a meaningful field goal, Eric, late in a game in a victory. (laughs) It's funny. We had a chance to talk with Burt Auburn for the first time this year post-game, and he talked about, hey, you know, a big thing is confidence. And he talked about the fact that Steve Sarkeesian never wavered in his confidence. Chip, how many times did we hear him say, um, you know, matter of factly, Burt Auburn is our kicker. And I, and I do think, you know, that's one of those things that matters. It's like a golfer, right? You know, once you, <laughs> you get the yips, uh, you lose that confidence, right? There's no recovering from that. But Burt Auburn, I think, has shown that he is certainly a, a solid kicker. I mean, you know, while he might not necessarily have range from 55 plus or anything like that, you know, again, as you talked about, I think he's shown, you know, and it, 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 it is key, Chip, I think in my mind, after having a really good first year as Texas's kicker, you know, he, he's faced a little bit of a struggle and, and he bounced back a bit and, and showed some resiliency. So I think that'll serve him well, not only the end of this year, but, you know, going forward through the rest of 
his Texas career. And, and again, that, that really mattered chip having a, a guy like him. We talked about it on the podcast during the week that this could be a bird Auburn game where he kicks, you know, five field goals. Well, you know, it wasn't quite that right, but he, uh, he showed up when it mattered and something that I think was interesting again, and, you know, to be fair to Steve Sarkeesian, as I, I talked about, maybe the complimentary football may have lacked a little bit. I, I, I don't know what happened. Maybe I could be reading too much into this. I, I'll be interested to see what our, you know, folks at, you know, gopowercat.com say uh, as far as um, Kansas State's kicking game, because I, I noted this to you guys at, at Press Row that um, their kicker, I'm giving his name here really quick. Uh, quick, uh, uh, see, this is what happened. Oh, tenet, Chris Tennant. Thank you, Chris, because it's not on my on my quickie here. Um, he, he, they, they had the box extra point, which you talked about, right? And then he didn't come out for the kickoff, which the only reason I noted that was he is their kickoff guy. He's done, he handled all the kickoffs for the game up to that point. The next time we saw him was that 27 yard kick. And again, I, I don't know if, you know, he got banged up on that play or what, but he just didn't look right for someone who's one of the better kickers in, in Big 12, you know, kind of going through a 27 yard kick goes wide left. So this goes to show you the value in a good kicker and, you know, give credit to, to Texas. Again, you know, situational football didn't work out for Kansas State, but ends up working out in the Horns' favor. Even Ryan Sanborn as well, outside of the, the blocked punt, he had a nice day as well. He had two landed two punts inside the 20 as well. So special teams, again, even without a guy like Keaton Crawford, who Steve Sarkeesian says is one of the best gunners in America, you know, like Keelan Robinson, uh, all in all, uh, I think the special teams had a good day outside of, again, that, that mystery with the blocked punt, which – I, you know, that's, that's what a good coach does. He's not going to reveal the name of who made the mistake, but that was just, I know, alarming to hear someone say, you know, Hey, they heard a call. That's not even our system. You know, they just had a, had a, had a a minor meltdown on that one. But like I said, all in all, great to see Bert Auburn, you know, um, uh, bounce back and the special teams obviously helped today. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking as we wind it up here on our flagship podcast recap of Texas's 33-30 overtime win over Kansas State, uh, if you're looking for positives, um, the Texas defense making making the play on the last play of the game and just completely shutting down K-State's offense throughout the game, Ethan Burke with two sacks coming off arthroscopic knee surgery, 13, no, 12 days ago. Um, what a gutsy performance from him. And, and then, you know, Texas defense gives up a couple of big plays. There was a, what happened, you know, touchdown by Phillip Brooks, where he makes some crazy spin move to get away from Ryan Watts. And then somehow, you know, Michael Taft, who has him pinned against the sideline, doesn't, doesn't get his leverage in front of Brooks. He ends up running for a, you know, catch and run touchdown. Everything was sliding off the cliff, Eric, but Texas finds a way. And like you said, big time culture win. Now, you know, the injuries, Christian Jones did not play today. Keaton Crawford didn't play today. We mentioned that, but Kelvin Banks left this game late. We got to find out what's going on there. Their stud left tackle because Look, going into Fort Worth next week against TCU, TCU's defense um, has been up and down, up and down, to say the least. Really good at home against BYU, really bad on the road in a 41-3 to loss to K-State. But this will be a home game for the Frogs. So Texas uh, needs to try and get healthy. Quinn Ewers, 
needs to try and get healthy, but Texas has got to be careful not to rush that back. Um, all right, Eric, listen, I was able to sneak out of there and get home. You're still at the stadium. Get uh, get home. And, um, and thanks, everybody, for listening to this flagship podcast recap of Texas's Whoa, Nelly, 33-30 overtime win over 23rd ranked Kansas State. The Longhorns postseason goals remain alive with three games to play. For Eric Henry, I'm Chip Brown. Until next time, we'll see you over at Horns247.com. Stay safe and keep the faith. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.